You remember your stories with the kind of detail no one else has. Don't take them with you when you go, share them. I'm Christy Bridges from One Moment Wiser. Click follow to hear true stories worth remembering and send me a message if you have a story you'd like to tell. (laughs) Naomi, Naomi, you and your sister, you're twins? And are you on mute? Did I, I did, I left you on mute. Ah, I'm gonna get better at this, I promise. Not like I haven't been doing this for a year or two. Uh, <laughs> all right. So Naomi, you and your twin sister, um, tell us a little bit about your story. Um, our story is a little bit about entrepreneurship and just going out there on your own when you're young and just believing in yourself enough to, you know, step out there and do what you believe in. So. Awesome. And you actually, okay, this totally kind of made me smile because it's so different today than how I grew up. But you taught yourselves how to do flips and things by watching videos online. And as you got older and started developing your business, you learned a lot by watching videos online and reading articles. And I know a lot of kids who spend all their time online but aren't actually doing anything with it. What makes the difference? What um, do you think? Just, especially when you're not an adult and you don't already have that knowledge or you don't haven't been in college um, and you don't have those people in your life to just tell you all the things that you need to know right then and there. Um, Google is your friend. Um, It is your school, and it is the person that will tell you things. Um, So just doing that deep research on um, the things that we need to know to make sure that we're not making the wrong moves to see how everybody else did it, um, what what, um, wrongs that they had while they were doing it, um, seeing um, how did they get on the right track and make sure they were making the right decisions. So just basically comparing right and wrong um, and finding our own way in between all that. So smart. So you're watching people and where some people compare themselves with others as far as a self judgment, right? I'm successful or I'm not successful. I'm a winner or I'm a loser. You're actually looking at what did they do? What do they do wrong that we want to avoid? And what are they doing right that we want to imitate? Oh, that's useful. But you actually have gone a step further and implemented this stuff. You came up with your own logo for your business. Um, You came up with business plans. That is, um, that's beyond what a lot of people do. A lot of people stop uh, with just a dream. And you have a quote that I love. It says, we don't believe in excuses. While you're making the excuse, somebody else is getting it done. But you're the people that are getting it done. I think that's really cool. So you aren't, um, your schedule is not like most teenagers where you sleep to the last minute, race out the door and, you know, get to school and, and then you spend all your evening time just hanging out. What What is your day like? Um, waking up, 
um, since school is kind of over and um, kind of done with all my classes, I've been kind of slipping when I wake up, but usually it's around five in the morning, um, praying, um, doing a little workout in my room, or if not a workout, just literally just putting on worship music and um, being in the moment for that day, thanking God for the day. Um, and then I just do all the, uh, the daily routine that I have, um, get everything done that I have for the day, because getting things done early on in the day is really helpful. So not constantly procrastinating. So mm-hmm. yeah. when you feel a little overwhelmed by something, you know, maybe you've, you've set a goal for yourself or you've got something new that you have to figure out how to do, um, how do you deal with that? Do you ever have that? I mean, I don't know. I'm assuming that you feel like the rest of us, but do you ever have that feeling of like, I don't even know where to start? Yes. I usually talk to a friend, my mom, um, try to bounce ideas off. Um, Cause usually if I'm feeling overwhelmed and that that's when the anxiety starts to creep in. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just need that reassurance from somebody that cares about me and um, is around me constantly. Nice. Someone who believes in you and your mom, I tell you what, um, you said you learned a lot of your entrepreneurial stuff from her. So that's kind of nice to have someone who knows a little bit living in your house, huh? Mm-hmm. Did you grow up watching her be an entrepreneur? Is that what got you inspired? She's actually not an entrepreneur. Um, I she think just knows stuff. Her go to yeah. um, do online. Yeah, she just knows stuff. Um, watching her do online school, she has um, associates, bachelor's, masters. Um, she was going to pursue her doctorate at one point. Um, so seeing her get all those degrees while having twins to look after, um, mostly on her own, because my dad had worked out of town and still works out of town. Um, is amazing. I still don't know how she did it, but she managed to do it, and um, she's amazing for that. So awesome. So she's a little bit inspiring. Can you tell me what were yes. some of the first um, when you decided that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? What were some of the first ideas that you two had that you maybe didn't end up using, or that you you know went a different direction from? What is we want to know, like? that our ideas aren't as crazy as we think they are, I think. <laughs> um, it was actually the summer before COVID. Mm-hmm. And um, actually the idea was between me and a friend. And um, I got it's so crazy how we got the name for the business because I was actually in my friend's car and I threw out this name and she was like, how about you spell it like this? Um, and I'm going to go ahead and say it is true athlete. Um, instead of saying it T-R-U-E, she said, do it T-R-U, true athlete. And I'm just like, okay, that kind of that kind of sticks. So then I brought it to my sister and she was just like, um, yeah, let's, let's try to figure out some things. We bounced ideas off of each other. We compared our situations, um, the sports we do. Um, so, and some ideas that we didn't use, um, Honestly, it was a lot, um, but we just kind of stayed true to ourselves in that process and the things that we didn't use. We just kind of had to pray about it and let 
um, God lead us on the things that we should use. Um, so nice. I've found for myself when I start to get inspired, I'm like uber inspired. And so there's a million ideas that come out and I'm like, I don't have enough lifetimes for all of this. My mom's the same way. So, um, you're right. Praying about it saying, Lord, which one do you want me to implement? What do you want me to do? Um, even in the direction of true athlete, you didn't, you know, you can't just jump all in and do everything at once. You start one step at a time. And you talked about that in your story. It's so wise. I appreciate that. So you just graduated this weekend. That's so awesome. Yes. <laughs> and so are you both going to kind of go in the same direction or are you and your sister going in different directions? You're going to just keep going with this business and see where it takes you. What, um, what are you planning? Um, obviously the, um, the business is still going to keep going. Um, we're both planning on go going to the military. Um, so we're trying to get that solidified right now. We're supposed to be leaving here soon, really soon. Um, we're both going into the medical field. Um, she's going to become an anesthesiologist and I'm going to become a sports medicine doctor. Um, it's something that's really close to our hearts and that we have seen up, uh, very closely. Um, so taking this journey, there's no going back. Once we get into medical school, um, there's no giving up. Um, there might be some tears, some hard mm -hmm. days, but um, we're gonna we're gonna go all the way till we finish this. And um, through all that, um, we're gonna have our business. Um, hopefully, turn it into a brand um, because we want to reach everybody. So that's our plans. That's awesome. So you actually you're about to go into the military. What branch? Um. So haven't decided yet. Um, I okay. really, we really wanted to go to the Air Force, um, but um, God might be calling us to another branch. So oh, uh, we'll find well, out okay. here soon, though. So cool. Yeah. But you already know you're both going into medicine and two different branches that kind of complement each other, which is really cool. Um, and the yes. sports medicine is going to actually just continue to help yes. your brand. So you, mm -hmm. true athlete. Um, what is it? Tell our tell our audience what true athlete uh, is for. Um, true athlete is for all the people that think they're not athletes. Um, I think this idea really, really um, originated just from our coach, um, from our high school track. Um, I think there's a quote in there. Um, we quoted him in our book. Um, I think every adult, no matter what age, how old you are, um, what you look like, no matter your background, everybody can be an athlete if they can put the work in. Yeah. Um, and just to have it become a true lifestyle um, is something pretty amazing. So true athlete is actually a clothing brand and it makes you feel all those things. Um, mm. And hopefully we can turn this into a brand and um, just have different sports come together and just be able to do different things. So there's a there's a lot of inspiration and a lot of ideas for the future. So we're really excited. I am really excited for you. Just the process of developing a business is something you can use over and over again throughout life. So that's a 
that's a really neat thing. And I love that it, it aligns so well with the other things in your life that you're passionate about. Now, I have a question. One Moment Wiser will be right back. Because, and, and I want, actually, I want all of us to talk about this, because we all have um, internal dialogue. And um, so we all have this internal dialogue. And I know that I, when I am trying to achieve something or I'm setting goals and it gets to be, you know, the end of the day and I haven't done everything I wanted to do, or maybe I just had a day where I didn't feel like doing anything and I barely got anything done. Um, I get to the end of the day and I can be pretty hard on myself. And I had to learn to shift my self-talk. Um, and, and I still, you know, sometimes have to go, what, where's that coming from? Um, but I had to learn intentionally to change my self-talk and congratulate myself on what I have done and um, continue, you know, moving forward instead of dwelling in that mire. Have any, either of you ladies ever had to deal with that, that negative self-talk? What about you, um, Naomi, go ahead and start us out. How do you address that? How do you... Um, you know, if you have that at all, or maybe with you and the twin, I don't know how your dynamic works, but how do you confront that when you start to think I'm not doing good enough? Um, writing it down, writing it down to get it out. Um, because sometimes, sometimes that is, that could be the reality. So writing it down, but then going back and saying, okay, I did this one thing today, this, it just adds on to everything else. And even though I didn't feel like it was that, I didn't do that much, um, I still grew in a way. Or, um, um, I still kind of moved forward in a positive way so that the next day, going into the next day, hey, I did something yesterday that influenced me today. So now I can just keep going and know that, hey, I didn't waste yesterday because I actually did do something. Right. I like that. So even if it's just like a few minutes worth of something, you did something. And there are days when you just kind of need rest. Um, and I found that if I just do five minutes of something towards my goal, something that makes me feel good about myself, then I can hold that up as my trophy for the day and say, you know what, I took rest because my brain needed creative space or because I needed family time, whatever it was, but I got this done. So that's a good way of doing it. Uh, Jenea, what about you? When you deal with those internal thoughts that tell you that you're not good enough, what, what do you say to them? How do you deal with that? Um, I would say I have a hard time dealing with them. Like, mm -hmm. I don't... Uh, I don't really have anything that's a go-to that I do whenever I do have those thoughts. Um, but starting off, I would usually go to sleep. Like I was mm -hmm. taking like four hour naps a day because I didn't know what to do. But reading books, reading and probably 
cleaning my room was best to clear my mind of things like that. Yeah. You know, when I wrote my first uh, devotional book, Wisdom Better Than Wishing, I would find myself in bed all day Saturday instead of writing on the one day that I had off work that I that I could write <laughs> um, because of, you know, that internal critic just telling me, you know, wasn't enough or um, loneliness too, a little bit of that. And I, I would lie in bed and sometimes I would manage to sleep and other times I would just lie there. You know, if I did sleep, I was having stress dreams. And when I was awake, I would be mad at myself. Um, God has shown me since then, number one, better ways to, to deal with that. But although I still take a lot of naps, but they're like 15 minutes now, <laughs> but uh, just brain reboots. God has um, shown me other ways of working on things and doing things that keep me motivated, like doing them with other people or um, getting an exercise break every, you know, 45 minutes or something. Different little things that help me not to drain myself with pressure. So I'm looking forward to seeing how you, you know, because we're different, right? I look, I'm looking forward to seeing how you um, continue to address those things. Now you started reaching out and saying, hey, I need a friend. And then you started writing your stuff. And so I'm looking forward to seeing how this develops of you. That's cool. Prima Donna, what do you do? When I have negative thoughts. Mm-hmm. Is that yeah. what you're asking? Yeah. When you have that internal okay. critic startup, what do you do? I listen to a lot of gospel music. That has been my medicine to my soul. When those negative critics come in and they just try to bombard my mind, I just, I've, I've, it's been a um, medicine for my spirit ever since I was their age, since I was a teenager. And that's my go-to. Um, yeah, it's that, that, that private time I have with God. And I just start playing one song after the next. Um, I remember it's an old school song. <laughs> it's not telling my age, but as the one song um, I love was um, Change by Tremaine Hawkins. I mean, that song when I was little growing up, OMG. I mean, I still play it now. It's just, it, it man, you know, it just brings electric, electricity throughout my body and say, yeah. Um, it talks about changing your mind. I know I've been changed. And um, there's just other songs. I think, I don't know, is it? Oh, I'll probably be messing up her names. Another one is Breaking breaking Everything or Breakthrough or something like that. I don't know if it's Tasha Cobb's one of those, but I, I just, gospel music is my, my go-to. And I just play on repeat, repeat, repeat. <laughs> That's what helps yeah. me. Tasha Cobbs is fabulous. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's hard to. I don't know if it's Tasha. No? Who do you think it is? Well, we can look it up too. In fact, Change by um, Jermaine Hawkins. Yeah, I know Change Jermaine Hawkins for sure. You know, she right. even, they even sang that song at, um, at uh, the. the, the Something the ball with Oprah Winfrey, the 
Okay. That it was years ago. I don't know if you remember they had, you know, the big folks there. They had Maya Angelou there. They had, you know, Leah Teen Price is a, a opera singer. They had, I forgot what it was called, something the ball. But let me tell you, they even played that song there. They had Maria Shriver there. And oh. Awesome. They had everybody in tears. Tyler Perry was there. Everybody was in tears. Janet Jackson. Uh, I mean, that song does not ever, ever get old. It was, it was uh, written by the um, Walter Hawkins. Mm-hmm. And um, man, when they played that, Oprah was in tears. Gail King was in tears. And that song is old. I mean, it, I think it was written before I was born, but they re, you know, had a different rendition to it. And they were at the, I forget the name of the ball, but it was Oprah Winfrey. And I tell you, Dionne Warwick was singing it. Patty LaBelle. <laughs> wow. I cannot wait you to hear girls, this song. Yes. Go, go to Oprah Winfrey. It's something something with ball. And I'm going <laughs> to look it up right now. But I'm telling you girls, go to that, that song. Man. <laughs> you know, it is hard let negative thoughts take over when you've got a song going through your head that says the truth, you know, that, that speaks the truth. Mm-hmm. And um, sometimes, you know, just singing at the top of my lungs, I'll turn up, you know, Mandisa or something. And I'm, mm-hmm. you know, <laughs> I don't know. I like Mandisa. But um, it was the Legends Ball. Legends it was the Legends Ball, Ball in 2005. Yes. And see, that song was written actually, and I wasn't born in the 70s. But, you know, they had a rendition, but they played that. They sang that song in 2005 at the Legends Ball. Chaka oh, Khan was there. I've got the link. Yeah, they sang Change. You, yeah, you listen to the one from um, the Legends Ball, Oprah Winfrey, Tina Turner. Oh, okay. <laughs> they towed the house up, everybody. It was not a dry, t- dry tear. Dry <laughs> eye, sorry. I can't wait to hear that. Thank you. You know, I think we all need a a good playlist. When I first started listening to Christian music, it was weird because there, you know, there's a different feeling with Christian music than there is with the stuff that I grew up listening to, the stuff that I, you know, listened to in in high school that was all about broken relationships and cheating on people and, you know, trying to hook up. Um, And then Christian music just had this like clean feeling, which just didn't feel normal. And, um, but I, there was this one singer that I started listening to and I'm, I'm kind of a rock girl and uh, it was Margaret Becker, but um, there was something about, I could, I, her music felt a little more like what I liked and her words changed my whole desire um, to listen to the other music. I, I just, the other stuff didn't mean the same thing anymore. And that began my road of, of changing what I listened to because there's a truth and a power in songs about, you know, who we are eternally and songs about how God feels about us and songs about who he is. There's a truth and a power there. Um, whereas so much of the, the popular music is just, stuff that leads to brokenness, um, stuff that, that right. kind of glorifies and drags out misery. And um, so that's that's excellent. Thank you for mentioning that. Yeah. Well, 
ladies, I, I am just so grateful for this book and I'm so grateful for you being here. And um, I want to give Prima Donna, I want to give you a chance to talk about what's coming up because I can't wait. And I already have a friend to come with me. <laughs> so tell us about June 4th. Yes. Yes, the girls will finally be able to showcase their talents, who they are, get the book signed from the co-author. So we're excited about having that book launch June 4th at the downtown Holiday Inn, mm -hmm. Tulsa. It will be from 5.30 to 8.30. We'll have light hors d'oeuvres, a panel discussion, um, just even those who are interested to be part of volume two. Yes, we're going to have a volume two um, addition to this because this is volume one. We'll talk about that. Um, and in, again, you guys have up close personal conversations with um, the co-authors, questions you may ask, um, you may have for the co-authors, again, their signatures, and it's just a good time to get together. I'm excited about it. This is our first book launch and book signing. And yeah, um, the girl, and you'll be able to buy the books from the um, ladies there. They'll have their books. So, and for those, you know, we have some ladies who aren't able to buy their books yet, but what we're doing is you can always take a pre-order. So you have family, we've been saying that if you know a co-author and you want to support them, you can still come and, and just they'll do a pre-order and you can um, pay your money to that co-author and they'll order your book. So there's no reason for you not to come. We definitely want to see you there to support um, this event. Soren Eagles is one of the sponsors, um, Drink to Shrink. Transformation Church, Cove. Um, Cove is another uh, sponsor. And then we have Proverbs 31 that's run by Glenda Porter. She's a sponsor as well. So we are thankful to our sponsors to help us put this event on. Again, my nonprofit, Soaring Eagles. Please come out, mingle with us. Um, get to know the uh, co-authors and just see what Soren Eagles is doing, what we're doing in the community for um, teens and young adults and even families. We we believe in working with the whole family, not just one part of the family, but the whole family and to see the um, things we're going to be doing in the future. But come on out June 4th at the Holiday Inn from 4.30 to 5, excuse me, 5.30 to 8.30. Thank you so much. And you and just free. said something. You just said something that caught my attention. And I don't want to hang up without saying this. You do work with the whole family. And you do work with the parents who, yeah. who may have, you know, neglected their kids or caused their kids to feel rejected, or parents who just outright hurt their children. If you had something to say to a parent anywhere. Um, or someone who wants to be a parent and is wanting to do it right, what would you say to those parents? What do you think the most important thing is Patience that we can do? And yeah. listen to your children. Mm. Patience and listen to. Did you hear me? I did. Hello? Patience and listening to your children. Patience, did you hear me? Yep, mm -hmm. I heard you. Can you hear me? Oh, okay. Yeah. Patience yeah. and listening to your yeah. children. Yeah, I hear you. It was going, it was going in and out. Gotcha. 
Yeah, I, absolutely. You know, those are the two things. It's just the patient and, and listening to them. Um, there's something I do with my son. I um, I asked him one time, and I, and I know this may be odd for a parent, but I, I asked him, I said, am I missing anything? Am I parenting right? You know, yeah, I did ask him because I, I, I didn't want him to ever feel like I'm missing out on anything because as parents, I get it. You're busy. You, you, you know, I'm always moving. I'm writing. I'm on I have, you know, multiple jobs I'm doing. And sometimes kids can kind of feel left out. And I asked him, I said, have I missed anything with you? Are you feeling ignored? Is there something I need to improve on? And he's just like, no. I said, is there anything that you like to do together? And he's like, well, you already watched Avengers with me. Like that's his favorite movies, like all the Avengers. And I like Avengers too. So that's like our time together. And then I said, hey, well, listen, if I'm not doing something right, if I miss something, please let me know. Mommy's not going to get upset. I, If I don't know this, I can't correct this. This doesn't take away control or power, but this is what you're saying is that you want your child to have a voice. You want your child to know that you're listening and that you're present because I am guilty. I can get so caught up in my work and whatever. And, you know, and I, because my son is self-sufficient, oh, he'd be all right. He can make himself a sandwich. But, you know, um, sometimes they just need your presence there to sit with them or just do whatever. And I, I had that conversation and I said, well, if I missed a cue or whatever, please let mommy know so I can make it right. He's like, okay. <laughs> so that's, awesome. that's just my tidbit advice yeah. on that as a parent, a parent who like me is an entrepreneur, an author and, and running a nonprofit. It does a lot. Um, but it doesn't take a lot to stop and check in. We have a check. Yeah. Matter of fact, we do a weekend. We'll do check-ins. And the check-ins is basically is tell us your highs, tell us your lows, and tell us what we need to improve. We have the check-ins. Because if not, I, I, I'm not going to know what's going on. <laughs> Smart. What do you do, uh, or I guess what advice would you have for someone who needs to change the conversational dynamic? Um, if someone, you know, sometimes we can get to where everybody's on the defense because uh, we're not used to feedback and we feel like we're doing it right. Um, and so we kind of get to where, you know, if you're speaking, it's nagging. And if you're listening, you get defensive um, kids and parents. What, what kind of thing would change that and, and actually make it, you know, restore that relationship? Yeah, it's, it's amazing that you asked that question. I just had that thought today. I said, we as a human beings need to stop listening with a defensive ear. I literally just said that today. I said, if we, just, if we delineate the defensive ear, then we can actually hear exactly what that person is say, say, saying. Because we are already listening with a defensive ear, everything is distorted. Mm -hmm. Let's remove the defensive ear and have more of a, um, uh, um, I'm losing my train of thought, but an open mind yeah. and being more, um, yeah, just having an open mind. Yeah. I literally just said that today, objective, being more objective, there's the word to have yeah. more of an objective, objective ear 
dismiss the defensive ear with more of an objective ear. Because when you have an objective ear, that um, person who is delivering the message to you feels safe and feels like you're listening to them. And um, I had another interview <laughs> and with a good friend of yours, Sarah. Oh, yes. And um, one of the girls, oh, yes. one of the girls I've worked with, you know, known her since she was a little kid too. She's 18 now. <laughs> and the first thing she said to me was, "Miss Primadonna, we need to talk. I need to talk. You used to be my counselor and my mentor, so I need to talk." I was like, "Okay." And she's like, "Yeah, um, yeah, you know, I have sex, and um, my boyfriend's not having sex with me." This <laughs> is like, "Okay." Yeah, I. I, I I need a disclaimer first. <laughs> but what, what I told, I was like, whoa, I'm, I literally, I literally, she felt that safe to talk to me. You know, I talked to her in a while. And the first thing she was talking to me was, yeah, my wife's not having sex and I need it. And I'm like, okay, hold up. Like, you know, but we continue to talk, you know, because the girls felt safe to talk to me because I don't have a defensive view. Here, I'm objective and I'm like okay let's let's talk this through <laughs> and so we we talked it through we talked it through and do I agree with the decisions that she make no I don't you know it's not even about that it's about that they just want to know you have they have somebody safe to talk to and I really wholeheartedly hold that scripture let your light shine before men so they can see your good work. When we're talking about light, what does light mean? Light illuminates what's dark. And many times there's young people or families that come to my, you know, come across my path or part of my program, and they're in a dark place. And I'm that light, but I'm, I'm basically with the light of being objective, not a defensive ear, and just listening. And because I am modeling, um, understanding and love, they soon start modeling the same and start changing without my even having to say anything. And and that to me is more of a message to the young people of why they've gravitated to me. And someone was just asking me, I don't know who was asking me this about how long I've worked with, you know, young people. I said, to be honest with you, I didn't know I had to give I was like 16 years old and I had little kids always wanted to be around me and I had this little girl tell me she was had to have been around six years old or seven she's like could you be my god mommy and I'm like oh okay I don't know what that is or what my but my light she really liked my energy to where you know she wanted me to be her godmother and she wanted to be up underneath me so I've always had that been a magnet to young people to just they just want to sit and talk. So I would say, let's remove the defensive ear. And that's how we could, you know, help a lot of the young people to be open. That is so important. And you, it's yes. funny because you said something that reminded me of something God was telling me this morning. And it's actually something that a former pastor of mine used to say, um, Doc Blevins, he said, you know, how much darkness does it take to put out a light? well, all the darkness in the world can't put out a light. How much light does it take to dispel the darkness? Well, one single flame can break the darkness in its presence. 
you know, and call to someone from, you know, across because light travels. So it, whether it's, like you said, just being that light that, you know, you don't have to tell them everything. You just have to be present. Um, and each of us in our own way, you ladies, um, Janan and Naomi, you have a light that is a beacon for people who can relate to you, people who felt like you or who dream of being like you. And those lights, you know, Jesus sets that light on fire and, and we spread, we spread that light and we break the darkness that could stop other people from, you know, could, could hold them in. They're going to see what you have that God has given you. It's not, it's not, of us, right? It's of the Lord, but they're going to see what you have that God has given you as long as you keep letting him shine it. And I'm so excited for where you're going. And can and I ask Naomi a question? Yes, totally. Naomi, so what is the one message you want the um, people, your peers to get from what you and your twin wrote? Um, That you don't have to follow everybody else that you could step out and be the first person to do something. Yes. Did anybody question you, your peers, or so question what you guys were doing? Of course. Like, you're crazy. Of course. <laughs> they, um, they said you were crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I just have to do, do something. So different. they said you were crazy? Yes. Um, it's not going to work. Um, just gotta be different and not be the same as everybody else. So, mm -hmm. so when you see that people are the same as everyone else, um, as far as you know, I know you were pretty. You went to Broken Arrow School, but hey, there's social media's out there, and you guys are not blind of what's going on with the young people, like the peers your age and a high high um, pregnancy rate amongst the teen girls and just the things that they do. Well, what message would you give them? Because you guys are not the normal, right? Like you and your twin, like that's, you know, coming from um, the Midwest and you guys are not, excuse me, normal because usually you're chasing all these guys or somebody's getting pregnant or just whatever. Um, what would you say to those ladies your peers who just thinks that that's the way to go um i would say to talk to someone um to be encouraged in your own self build up your own self-worth um because you once you do the work within yourself then everything else will align um so that's what i and also just pray because if you pray then everything else it would just fall into place and the decisions that you want it to make, you're not going to be able to make anymore because it'll feel weird. It'll feel um, different. So um, that's what I would say. And you, do you have your LLC yet um, business? Yes. Oh, the LLC, Naomi? Yes. You do? Yes. You guys have your LLC. Yes. Okay, awesome. I can't hear you. Cool. I'm cool, just cool, cheering cool. her on. And so now if someone, you know, reads your story, when someone reads your story and they inspire to, hey, you know, these twins can do it, I can do it. What's the first advice you'll give them? No excuses. 
No excuses. Oh, I love it. No excuses. You can do it, huh? Mm -hmm. I, you know what? I want to say this with Naomi, um, Christy, is that so um, for the book project, you know, to be part of the anthology, um, they it's a payment because we have to pay for editors. It's just, you know, it's just a lot that you have to pay for the publishing. There's a lot that goes into it. And I gave them a considerable discount, the twins. And um, because I was like, you know, they're twins. And so, like, I'm going to give you guys the discount. And I said, hey, and you guys could just make payments because, you know, they're teenagers. They're 17 years old. I was 17. And um, they're, you know, they're teenagers. So, and like, I said, I'll work with you because I think they came in on a tail end. I and mean, this is a remarkable. They came in like kind of like on a tail end of it or maybe the middle. And we had already had people have already made payments and stuff. So I gave them like a payment date that they can make do put like the deposit or something like that and it was a deposit and then i gave her the schedule dates of when to make her other payments mm -hmm. well i look at my paypal she she didn't just pay the deposit she paid the whole amount just in the air and her tree and i was like what? i said um i said naomi you know honey i gave you guys you know, I said, uh -uh, I just wanted to get it our way, Miss Pre Prima Donna. I just wanted, and I was just, oh my God, like this, these twins mean business. I don't want an adult to tell me anything that you can't do it. Like these twins, they didn't have a whole lot of money, but they knew what they wanted. They knew that this is something they wanted to be part of. And she looked at it like, why make payments? I'm just going to pay it off in full. Yeah. So I don't know if I ever shared that with you, but I was just forever impressed. And and when I hear other um, people who are trying to do an anthology with adults and they said, well, you know, they were saying that's too high. And I tell them about their story. I said, now you tell me that's hot. And they were 17. They're like, what? <laughs> I said, yes, they put it all in one in one payment. Mm -hmm. um, well, Proverbs tells us that debt is slavery. And they're not going to be slaves. Yeah. <laughs> Rock on. Yeah. If anything they can get from these young people, the twins, is that they don't believe in debt. At 17 years old, they're saying, I don't believe in debt. So that's listen, right. I learned from them. Like, I don't I always say I remain a student in life. I don't care how many degrees I have, even if I get a PhD, I will remain a student in life because she taught me something like, okay, you know, I really want something. Don't put it all in, go what you want. And you know what? Matter of fact, you did encourage me about that because there was a speaking, I needed a speaking coach because I have a radio show. And again, I, I believe in that model. I stay a student and she was advertising her um, being a speaking coach and with the program Intel and everything. Before she could finish, I had already signed up, put my payment in and everything. And I said, anything, these twins taught me, you can't waste time. You don't have time to just sit in. You got to go after what you want and you can't hear all the other noise. So I can honestly mm -hmm. say I learned that from the twins that if you want something, you got to go after it. And you, you can't try to sit there and think second twice about it. So. Kudos to them, I have to say that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and that's the great thing about this book. Even though these are um, teens and young adult writers, even me, you know, now um, the age I am in my 40s, I learned from a 17-year-old. And even if a person, they're, you know, 30s and above, they can learn 
from any of these stories. Matter of fact, I had a, a woman in her 60s read a story, um, Atia, when she talked about um, setting scoliosis straight. And she said, oh, I was really impressed with her story because I was, um, I suffered from scoliosis. And here she's in her 60s. And that's a great part about this book is that you can learn from these girls. So Miss Jenea, what would you want uh, girls to take away from your story? Are you there? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Uh, mostly that they're not alone, that people go through similar situations to them and to find someone to confide in. That's awesome. Yeah. You said something in your story um, when someone asked you how you were feeling and, and um, I won't give the whole scene away, but at the end of it, you were just like, oh, I just determined never to show how I was feeling again so that people wouldn't ask me. And I thought that's heartbreaking. And that's that's how so many of us lose people in our lives uh, to suicide. And and you've chosen mm -hmm. to to change that. You've chosen to do differently. And you're right. That is that is probably one of the two top lessons that I've uh, I would broadcast from your story is reach out. Um, Thank you so much for sharing that. <laughs> Yay. Well, Prima Donna, did you have anything else you wanted to say before we go? Well, I thank you for having these uh, wonderful co-authors on. Um, it's, they're only going up. Uh, are you gonna continue to write, Miss uh, Naomi? Do you think you and your twin will continue to write? Uh, yes, ma'am. All right. Yes, this is only the beginning. You, you, you. This is the beginning. Yes, I, I encourage you guys to to still write. And then, as you are um, getting your business up, hey, I encourage you guys to write for peers who said, you know, who doubted you guys, and that hey, this is our playbook, and you guys can learn just as we did, you know. So, and Janae, I'm, I'm glad you can. Continue to press on, yes. even though it was hard. <laughs> I'm glad you continue to press on because I want to read your story and say, wow, if she can do it, I can too. And, mm -hmm. um, but I just, again, I thank you. We're having the, again, the book launch on the 4th and uh, we're going to have our co-authors there. Will you be able to be there, Naomi? I know you said you was unsure. Um, I'll talk to you about you it. You still unsure? <laughs> About it. Okay, no problem. I know she has a lot going on. It's okay. But um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so it's going to be June 4th from 530 to 830. We'd love to have you guys come. And thank you for, uh, again, Christy, for having this uh, interview with us. And we're just going to go up. We're just going to go up. Hey, I, I, I'll proclaim it. Mm -hmm. New York, you New York Times bestselling. Hey. All right, we let's bring it on. You best telling all of you guys. So this is just going up. Yes. Well, thank you. God bless you, ladies. And God bless you for listening. If you have a story that you want to share, reach out to me. Uh, Prima Donna has already said she's about to do another book. And I'm actually uh, have several books planned. So we want to hear the stories that you have to share because God reaches people through our unique voices.
So I'm Christy Bridges from One Moment Wiser, and thank you so much for listening. God bless you. Bye-bye. If you've enjoyed this podcast, check out OneMomentWiser.com for books, blogs, and two-minute devotional videos, which will help you live wisely in every aspect of life. See you next time on One Moment Wiser.